what I'd like to say is the final uh, time we're going to talk about uh, what's gone on with the Celtics uh, regarding uh, the suspension of Ime Udoka. Um, there was a press conference today at the Arbeck Center in uh, Brighton. Uh, Bobby and I were both there, along with uh, uh, a lot of other Celtics media, news reporters, um, trying to get you know some clarity on the situation that has led to, and again, really fast-moving situation, Bobby, where for the 40, less than 48 hours since the news broke that there was something going on with E-Man on Wednesday night, here we are Friday night, he's done, he's gone for the year, Chances are he's very. It's very likely he's never going to coach the Celtics again. Um, people were hoping for clarity uh, today from the press conference. I don't know why um, people were hoping for that. I think it was very unlikely to happen. Um, obviously, because you're dealing with private matters, you didn't expect that the um, organization was going to give too too many details into what happened. And while the details might seem unnecessary, might seem gossipy without them, without the full scope of what happened, it is really difficult to, um, for people to kind of wrap their minds around why was this punishment so harsh? Why was it so severe? Why was it so swift? Uh, Bobby, are you going to watch Syracuse all night or are we going to do this thing? No, I'm pulling up my notes. I got a lot of notes <laughs> in the presser here. I'm pulling Bobby away from the, from the, from, from the orange. So I feel bad about that. But, um, as far there are some things we learned and Bobby, I want your take on just in terms of whether you thought there was enough clarity, uh, whether you got answers you were looking for. I know you, you know, you asked a couple questions in there as well. Um, what we do know, it, just to go through the whole thing, lengthy investigation, they discovered it over the summer, um, discovered something going on over the summer was brought to their attention. They described the situation as multiple as violations, not violation. They had an independent law firm come in and look at things, interview a bunch of people internally, try to figure out what was going on behind the scenes. When they got the report, they clearly, whatever it was they saw in it was so ghastly or so severe that they moved very quickly to suspend Ime for the year and and I believe ultimately will lead to his resignation or termination. Uh, and I don't think he ever returns to the Celtics again. I think they looked shook today, Bobby. Uh, I've never seen Brad look like that at all. Um, yeah, Brad thing, on the verge of tears. Brad on the verge of tears. And we'll play some of the press conferences uh, from the sound bites to you. And I'm sure several of you have seen it already. But uh, Brad was shook. He was angry. He was sad. He was all of it um, as emotional, not just at the moment where he actually showed some emotion. He looked like he was going to cry talking about the women involved in it. Uh, he just looked like the whole situation was deeply upsetting for him, both in terms of having brought May in, finding out all this stuff, knowing that this is going on at his workplace, whatever it was, having to move on from May and whatever turmoil that all of this has caused. Wick, too, was very resolute, at least in his belief that they had no choice but to do what they did. Again, without details, it's difficult to say that, but the Celtics believe 100%, I think, without any uh, wavering that they did the right thing here. Um but again, we don't have full details. So, uh, Bobby, just your kind of reaction to the press conference. And again, obviously, um, they're trying to protect the privacy of people, so it's really hard. You're, it's really hard to get details here. Um, my biggest question. Well, first, let me get your thoughts, and I'll get you to my question and some of the unknowns that I do think are st that, that still matter. Well, three things I thought went well. I, th I thought they set the right tone of empathy for some of the. Uh, victims of the past couple of days, people who bore the 
burden of the uh, of the speculation and everything else that went on that we've discussed pretty extensively on the show here. So I thought Brad did a good job with that. Of course, there were many things you knew weren't going to get answered, but I thought Wick did a good job of dropping bits and pieces here or there where necessary to give you an idea of what went on, even if we don't have specifics at this point. A couple of the words he dropped were interesting throughout. And beyond that, I thought the questions were great. I thought all the questions, even some I wasn't thinking of, like Joe Mazzulla's past and some of the transgressions he had, I thought hit the mark well. And they answered some, didn't answer others. I think there's still a lot of questions, particularly about the process that went on here. Uh, When they knew, how long they let it go on, and at what point red flags went up and this law firm came up. When Wick answered that timeline question, which I thought was one of the most important of the day, he gave a vague answer about how it came up earlier in the summer. They quickly addressed it. But later in the presser, he said this really heated up over the last couple weeks, last month or so. And Shams reporting had said, what, July? This became known to some within the organization, and it really didn't get tackled until very recently uh, when this female staffer uh, said that uh, Ime was using uh, some unwelcome uh, language toward her, however Shams phrased that. So there is some disjointedness in the story right now of how the organization went about solving this. and. That's the big question, right? They were really forceful in their defense of their policies. Two, two questions, yeah. Yeah. And but you're right. There's still some questions about that, I think. So there's two questions, and Bobby, I think you kind of you, you took us into that direction. And there there's some more reporting in addition to what was said at the press conference. Gary Washburn uh, of The Globe um, reported in an article, you know, posted not too long ago. Um, according to an NBA source, Adoka had a clause in his contract that covered fraternizing with co-workers and was warned about potential inappropriate workplace relationships until the franchise was finally forced to hire a law firm. So this is what and this makes sense because it does jive with um, the reporting that came out late last night Um in terms of um, that Shams put out there that they learned about the relationship in July. And then later on um, it became something that became problematic. So again, it's a bit of speculation, but it does sound like they were tolerating it for a period of time. And then we're like, "Uh Oh, this has gotten bad. Maybe felt that they should have. And this is where my question is, did they, did they fall asleep at the wheel a little bit? Did they allow this to go on when it shouldn't have gone on? Do they kind of feel bad about it? Do they know that? Are they protecting themselves here from any potential litigation by trying yeah, to jump out in front? I think that that component still exists here in terms of they, and it's not it's understandable in a if a, a, a garden variety and again with the caveat that we fully understand a position a person with the stature of Ime Udoka having a relationship with anybody in the organization is. Uh, is troublesome because of all of the negative things that can happen. Is there such a thing as consensual relationships given the power dynamic at play here in an inter-office relationship? Um, it's always going to be problematic. That's why rules are in place. Would he have been fired over that if it was totally consensual and nothing came out of it? it? The answer based off of the press conference today was no, because what we also learned is if there's a policy about fraternizing and dating employees, no woman, None of the women or woman is going to be suspended or disciplined over whatever had happened here. So I think they would have allowed and they did allow whatever to have happened 
happened for a period of time and now might be thinking we we really should have put the hammer down. Yeah, so th- this is the key paragraph from that Shams report. Some members of the Celtics organization first became aware of the relationship in July. At the time, team leadership was led to believe by both parties that the relationship was consensual. So that's where you think they let this fly, right? There wasn't a zero tolerance rule against relationships within the building here. But sources said that the woman recently accused Udoka of making unwanted comments toward her, leading the team to launch a set of internal interviews. So there's that law firm at that point. You know, what's the word here? Is this harassment? Does this reach that level? As soon as as soon as it gets to the point that it's unwanted, it's harassment. So, again, Mm -hmm. if it were cut off, if it wasn't if it if it was trying to be taken to a different level, if as soon as it gets uncomfortable and there are advancements made that make the other person not like feel comfortable anymore, it's that you're into the uh, period of harassment. You you mentioned this wick. Use that word. He did, but he was talking about things that they're. I I didn't want to tie it fully to the situation. He did talk about that they are cognizant of that in in regards to their workplace culture, and they're certainly going to look out for things like harassment. Uh, He didn't have to say harassment, um, but he did say harassment. So again, everything points to it having at some point become uh, unwanted or it became problematic, and that's a component. What we don't know is, so that's one question we don't know. Did the Celtics find out, let it slide, and kind of paying the price for it? Possibly. Um, that also kind of dovetails into my second question here. And again, uh, what we what, this is why details are important. And I, I've gone back and forth on this. Actually, I, I lo- some people have mentioned in the chat, and I know that um, – uh, you know, you, you saw it, Bobby, and we talked about it. That Matt Barnes video, Matt Barnes, former player, came out initially very strongly in support of Ime, uh, tweeted, uh, put out something on his Instagram today, walking back his support and saying, I'm sorry, uh, that was wrong. And we know Matt Barnes was involved in a domestic uh, situation dispute with uh, with Derek Fisher and things like that, too. And, you know, some some real behind the scenes drama. But his initial reaction was Ime got done dirty. And, and then he said he heard. He had somebody call him who knew exactly what happened and told him, and he said he was mortified and horrified, and when the details come out, you'll all feel the same way. What did, what did he say? It's a hundred times worse than anyone It thinks. is, and that is, <laughs> and again, here's the thing. That is so damning. The problem is you don't know who Matt Barnes' source is, and you don't know if Matt Barnes' source is getting things second, third, fourth hand, and it's a bad game of telephone, but if he, in fact, heard from somebody who's intimately aware of what went on and reacted the way he reacted – that was very damning. So, all right, quick pause to tell you about our exclusive wagering partners and one of our sponsors here at the Garden Report, Bet Online over at betonline.ag. Football is back, and Bet Online is your number one source for all your football betting needs and sports info this season. Find all of the latest football odds, news, and game matchups. Bet Online is your continued source for all your wagering information, including live betting, free contests, and live scores. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and events, including, of course, MLB, MMA, tennis, uh, boxing, and, of course, even golf. You know you're going to have basketball and hockey coming around the corner as well, so get ready for that. Use our promo code CLNS50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Once again, that code is CLNS50. Receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. My second question revolves around this. Uh, is it 
something that was so morally reprehensible that this was the only action they could take and anyone would have done the same thing? Or are they, did they, is it a cover your ass situation where they're more concerned with um, legal ramifications, largely due to, partially due to the fact that they were asleep at the wheel and allowed this to happen and possibly had kind of, you know, weren't paying enough attention to what was going on in the workplace and this got out of control and now they're worried that things are going to happen and stuff's going to blow up in their face and this is a way to cover themselves from this or anything down the road. And if that's the case, the second one is going to sit worse with the players than the first. And and so they addressed the players and what they told them. And their reaction was a little vague there, Bobby. It was kind of like, yeah, obviously no one wants to hear this happen. So I, it's always come down to that for me. Look, if Ime was if Ime did horrible shit and deserved everything that that that's coming to him and more. No one's going to dispute that. If he was a monster and, and the stuff was indefensible, it doesn't matter how if he was a good coach, if the players liked him. If it's borderline or if the players think that the Celtics might have overreacted or the Celtics don't think that what he did rose to the level of, you know, of the of, of, of the punishment that he got, you could have some problems. Uh, and it, it, that's something that we don't know yet. That's 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 the kind of next shoe to drop here when we talk to the players on Monday at Media Day. Yeah, and. That was alluded to several times. I followed up on it asking, is this in line with some of these policies and procedures that Wick was talking about earlier? And he said they had dealt with stuff like this in the past and they followed, you know, similar guidelines in this spot. While at other times saying there really wasn't a precedent for me to follow with this punishment. I had to go off my gut and my feel and my 20 years. A little, you know, talking out of both sides of his mouth at times when it comes to this. And that was one of the key questions was, why was this a year, which, as we've talked about, is an unprecedented punishment for a head coach or any official within a team? And why wasn't it a firing if it rose to that level? And that's where the second part of what you were discussing, the whole legal side of this and what's going on behind the scenes with the lawyers and you know what are they trying to cover up on their own end and did they follow a good process on this? I really try to hit on that. Is the process within the team when it comes to this a solid one? Does it need a change? Wick even alluded to it, right? I'm going to talk to some people and see if this is a little bigger than one individual case uh, here. I think it's one case, but I'm going to look into this. I'm not going to lie, Bobby. I've worked places. I've heard workplace stories where the management is – I'm not saying this happened with the Celtics, but management is so out of touch um, that they have no idea what's going on on the ground floor and are mortified and shocked when they hear some of the stuff, whether it's – uh, I'm not, and I'm not saying stuff that lies to rise to the level of harassment. I'm talking about a culture, a toxic culture, say, things that might exist, um, things that are going on that they have no idea about. And yes, you'd feel if you had allowed stuff to happen, if there were a million warning signs and you ignored them all, you'd certainly be a little bit worried that that's going to come back on you in some way. So I do think they're a little rattled in terms of the culture. Didn't they seem a little flustered today? They did. Like we, I don't know what kind of mess we have on our hands, but I think, again, the, the, the full scope of the report probably painted a picture that they were not fully expecting to, to, to see. And they were definitely shook by it. You know, they were definitely yep. shook, shook by the findings. And, there was one really good question that seemed to rock them and, you know, had them looking at each other and, you know, a pretty short answer from Stevens after, I don't know if you have it in front of you, but that Shaughnessy question of whether the vetting of a was appropriate. Now 
would this have come up in a vetting process and in an interview? I'm sure there aren't people or sources close to Ime or Ime himself, of course, saying, oh, look out, or, you get a little loose in here. But they did seem to be a little taken back by that question. Like, did you know, did we do the did we do the right amount of vetting here? Did say, you know, did something happen in other places? Cause that was what Shaughnessy was getting at. Had you heard through Udoka's past stops of conduct similar to this, uh, whether in San Antonio or Philadelphia or Brooklyn or wherever, his playing career, you know, is in many stops throughout the league. Um and you know, Stevens delivered a pretty short response to that. Yeah, I mean, and again, I think that's the answer is the 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 real answer is yes, of course he was vetted, but they're going to wonder whether he was vetted enough. Um, yeah. I think I think they're pretty worried that they'll find out that other stuff could come out. This is how this happens a lot. Okay, I, it, when things like that, when a person, let's say it it was to the level of you know that it was very very bad and rampant and and multiple violations involving multiple people. You think Ime Udoka had been a saint at every place he'd ever worked up until here and then just lost his mind in year one as a head coach? His first his first year as a head coach had this great opportunity and just said, screw it, I'm going to do whatever I want here. I, that seems unlikely. If this, if this is a thing that he did that, that was out of control, chances are that's been a thing at multiple stops um, along the it's way. It's possible. I, I just think it's not, it's not something – you know, just because something, I think this is a problem we have with lots of things. We're talking about second chances. Just because it's the first time somebody got caught, not it doesn't mean it's the first time they did it. Um, and so that's, I think, a concern here, which is, to the best of our knowledge, I don't know that he did, but I think they're worried that some stuff might come out. And how many times have you seen that, where there's an incident with something and then you hear a bunch of backstory sort of things? Uh, I wouldn't be surprising. I don't want to accuse of anything. I have no idea. It, at the end of the day, it might have been one inappropriate thing where he just acted poorly and be, and showed bad judgment, but they still thought that was enough. We don't well, we've, know. It's we've not. discussed the levels to this, right? Yeah. Different organizations have different policies on the relationships. Some might be more relaxed, and this might be more of a normal thing here, having a re- relationship within the workplace. Of course, we think this rose to a new level possibly here based on some of the reporting, uh, but that might be a factor here too. And this is why you start to look at the organization and the policies in place here. If there was no rule against it, and we talked about that rule, like why would there be a rule in place that bars relationships within the workplace? Well, this potentially, based on Shams here, started off as something that was fine. Wouldn't concern Started anyone. off as something that the Celtics believed was fine. And that's yes. again where they are. They, that, that The important thing is the Celtics believed this to be okay and kind of let it go, at least based on the reporting and based on what we can piece together here, as you said, on the timeline, when they found out when the legal got involved, then when things really heated up. And yes. the things heating up makes you think that the other stuff came out through that uh, investigation that they weren't fully expecting. They might've gone in looking for one thing and found others. Um, and so, uh, that's that, uh, sorry, someone's talking about, and Terry, this is a fair point. Uh, and I, I've addressed this over the shows we've done this being part of the culture and the attitude. Of course it is. Um, you know, I know a lot of people, Stephen A. Smith's made a lot of headlines, um, you know, for his defense of Emeo Doka and he's been standing by it. 
but and you said Barnes too viewed it a certain way to start. I think everybody viewed agree it. Agree or don't agree? Yeah, whether you agree or don't agree, one thing that you know people have discussed, which is legit, is culture. And I've said it here too. How many how many situations across the league do you think there are right now where there is a coach or an executive or a GM or someone of that uh, nature uh, with with that with, with that certain stature that is maybe doing something they shouldn't be doing some infidelity, some affair, something going on with somebody who works within the organization, maybe not somebody who's a direct report, but someone somewhere in the building and marketing and sales and blah, blah, blah. And who knows? I bet a ton. I bet quite a few. I bet there's a bunch of people right now thinking like, yeah, I did that. I'm actually doing that. It is a cultural thing. I think it's not just sports. I think it's power. Uh, I think that happens a lot. And so, yes, but certainly it is with sports. Everybody's heard the stories about people going on the road and having, you know, different, you know, doing different things in different cities and X, Y, and Z. It's almost a joke at this point. So, yes, of course, it's a cultural thing. It's different when you are an authority figure and a person in a position of power. Um, so the dynamic is a little different. As far as why Ime wasn't fired, a couple of things I think you can very clearly say. There's nothing illegal in the sense of if it's illegal, you could have charges pressed. And if it's illegal also, immediately you have grounds for uh, for termination. I think the reason there isn't termination is um, this is something they interpreted based off of a report uh, and based off a series of findings that they themselves gotten. Nothing that is criminal, uh, you know, uh, it raises to, the, you know, to that level. So right now they're working out the money um, and how can they fire with cause and get rid of somebody um, and terminate all of their contract without them suing uh, or without them demanding it back. So right now, I think one of the reasons he hasn't been let go is um, is money um, and, and trying to figure out how that's going to work. But I, I've thought that from the get-go. One-year suspension is basically just please go away. Um, right, and, and there was also reporting that, and you wouldn't imagine it's from Ime's side, that, oh, maybe he'll step down, maybe he'll resign. And then a couple hours later, he's not stepping down. Yeah. So, I think what's key at this point, we've listen, Udoka, if he did what we think he did here or what's been reported to he to have done, we know he's in the wrong, right? So that's a given. There's questions to have it's in the wrong. It's how that's, wrong. Yeah. It's yeah, it's how wrong. How did the team handle it? And is the team more worried about itself than you know Because the, the team's in a really strong position here, right? Udoka's the one being accused here. He accepted it. He puts out the statement. Wick said he told me he's he's accepting this punishment. So there's not really the butting of a heads we thought was possible here between Ime's side and the Celtics. Ime, from that statement, right, you assume he's basically laying down his arms here and saying, I screwed up. What am I going to do, fight this when I know I did something wrong here? Potentially. He could also be saying that because he knows that um, right now he's concerned about the money. Um, yeah. So, so what, what what I really want to get out of today is we really didn't get is what can change for the team, right? Because something went wrong here. If if that athletic report's true and this started as one thing, and the organization took a lax approach to it and it became something worse, where an employee got harmed here in some way. That's that's on the organization. The organization is going to have to change and evolve from that. And we've had situations like this in sports where in this in this sport specifically where the league took a longer look at the Phoenix Suns. And way back when I I heard people talking today about what happened with the Knicks under Isaiah Thomas. Right. That was a whole 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 internal review and tear down of that front office and 
they found out what was going on with the Knicks at that time was rampant. And it was a terrible workplace. That's not necessarily what's going on here. And again, Look, Wick said, we think it's this. isolated, but who knows? You've seen this, right? I mean, this is there's real there's real world examples right now in the sports world where this is happening. And, uh, you know, uh, toxic cultures are being investigated at a very high level. You had the and, and teams do this all the time. Like, do, we'll do our own investigation. And sometimes that works. And sometimes it's not enough. You had the Washington football team doing its own, you know, ridiculous kind of shadow investigation of their own things. And the friggin Congress gets involved. Like, yeah, no. We're going to look at this now. So it goes well beond, you know, like and public embarrassment. Public embarrassment. And this is that is like, I do not, like, oh my God, what is, do we have the most toxic workplace in the world where like predatory behavior is completely allowed and ignored? Like, oh my goodness, that's terrifying for the organization. So that's why, again, they, I don't know what they found, but again, it shook them. So much that they immediately suspended email within getting the report with like a, a day after they're like gone and for then, a year for a year. And they looked shook today, you know? Yes. And so that's I like that's the comparison of, of like, yeah. I like the comparison to like a college program. Oh, we're going to self report and we're penalizing ourselves one year. You know, we're, we're suspending ourselves from a bowl game here and you know, the NCAA comes through and maybe they add something on, but usually more often than not in college, a program's going to self-report, do its own investigation, penalize itself, and hope that that's all that comes out of it, right? For the Celtics, with no league intervention here, right? Yeah, this isn't the league coming down and taking a look at them. With really no noise at all, right? There had been no rumors or anything that this was going on. We talked to Ime in late July. Everybody's getting ready for camp. Everybody's back. Nobody knew this, right? You know, we're all talking about different things, the, the team and the roster and the center situation. And then days before training camp, the team presumably, right, goes to Woj and says, there's been a violation here. Uh, we're about to levy a significant suspension we're about to hammer Ime, and here it is it's for one year and this is all coming from right within the celtics so this wasn't necessarily needed right but they saw something here and they said yeah. we better come down hard on ourselves here before someone else takes a look yeah. at this or this becomes something bigger uh, Luis is asking here, and I think it's a fair question, so I'll, I'll answer it. Uh, is everything really tight-lipped or you guys can't speak on it? Um, there are legitimately no details beyond uh, what type of internet sleuthing that you guys are all privy to as well. Of course, you hear chatter. We're in the media. You're going to hear a lot of it. Nothing that anybody feels strongly about or concrete about at all. It is very interesting. There is no, there is no idea one person, two people, multiple people, the the extent, whatever Matt Barnes is referring to that said that he says he found out the real story and it's a hundred times worse than people think. I don't we haven't heard an inkling of that. You know, that's the whole thing is like it's possible right now. All of the stuff that's gone on, on the Internet has amounted to, you know, maybe one, maybe one affair, maybe two, maybe something involving people in the organization, maybe whatever. If it's 100% worse, 100 times worse than that, it could be horrific when you finally hear that. And again, that could make a lot of sense to both, again, their reaction, how swiftly they suspend, how swiftly and decisively they handed down, again, the, lo the longest punishment 
um, the, the most severe punishment ever handed to a coach or executive in the league that quickly without any hesitation at all. Uh, I, I am wondering uh, what happens, uh, what, what I'm almost shuddering to think what we're going to, what, what, what we could learn uh, off of that, just based on, like I said, off of the Barnes thing and off of how quickly they reacted here. Yeah. And no, the leaks was a, Another thing that got addressed here today, they came out forcefully against the fact that someone internally would leak that. Uh, the Not 100% was- cast. Uh, yeah, 100 times worse, right? Un- yeah. Unreal, you know? <laughs> What's worse, 100% worse or 100 times worse? <laughs> You're going to do the math on that. 100% worse is twice as bad. It's yeah. 100 times 100 worse. 100 times <laughs> worse. Way worse than 100%. Um, no, I mean, but that's fine. Um that's that's fine. Again, we we're not hiding anything, and we're not tiptoeing. It I, the the problem with this. Somebody asked me, uh, you know, a uh, former colleague of mine, um, you know, uh, called me just to get my take on things today, and we were just talking through it. And you know, someone I worked with, um, and uh, I I have ten different opinions on ten different potential scenarios because it is so hard without full details to really settle in on a take. And I don't think takes are important. I think just basically interpreting what it is that we know information being given to us and just reacting to it is really all we're here to do. And I'm not here to wildly speculate, but they leave open the possibilities of certain things um, going on uh, that you just don't know. So you are wondering if, and when that kind of next shoe drops, how ugly that's going to be. I think the next thing that's going to be really telling for us, Bobby is going to be um, when we talk to the players on Monday, Monday is media day. And again, the way they reacted about telling the players was not, you know, and I wonder if I have that one. If I have that, I'll put it up. Uh, what was your take on I that? I don't think, yeah, I, I don't think I clipped that one, but Wick said the players are very concerned by this. It it was not a welcome development, and that's basically where he left it. I think Brad might have talked about it too, but that's been in the back of my mind. How does the team view this? Because by all accounts, they learned over the last two days, just like everyone else did, shock complete shock over this uh, no player reactions yet but you'd imagine and stevens even alluded to this that these players have a strong relationship to Eme, uh, many yep. of them and this is going to be jarring for them uh, losing that voice and losing that figure in the room and they're probably questioning what was the process here and how did it come to this and really one year so i, I i'm I'm super curious to see what the sentiment is in the room. I don't even, so, I don't even imagine what they're going to say unless they just dance around it completely and avoid it. But I'd imagine yeah. some guys are going to speak their mind. Yeah, um, I don't have the player bite, but someone just put this up here. Dave Brown just on the um, using Woj to leak it. Look, a lot of people speculated that because that's you know that's that's what Woj is for. Woj is for put this out there. You know, um, we don't know how or why it got out there. Um, what I do, what makes sense to me is that it came from within the organization because it spoke to the suspension. It was also half a story. I don't know. Could have come from other. It didn't places. have the I, details, right? The it didn't have the one. details. It didn't have the details. It only spoke to suspension and discipline, which you think who knows about the discipline outside of the people making a decision about discipline. And that was why a lot of people thought it was the organization. Um, I don't know what they would have benefited from by having by having it out there and that's why I'm 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 I you know I'm not sure but here's the soundbite on that and the timeline. I can say a few things and I have a few bullet points to add and then Brad will have some words. Um well, I can say that
we, as soon as we learned there was a potential situation, we immediately brought in a respected law firm to conduct a thorough investigation uh, and impartial investigation. And they took some time. And we actually concluded that investigation with a report uh, two days ago. So that's the reason for the timing here. There were leaks, by the way, um, around that time. Obviously, we would have nothing to do with that and nothing to gain from that and any uh, insinuation about the leaks. We don't know where they come from. They're, they're part of the NBA, as we all know, in this room. But uh, it's really unfortunate. And it's unfortunate also that female staff members of the Celtics have been dragged into the public eye um, unwillingly and inappropriately. And, and we take a strong stand against that and just regret it for them. So that was the bite. They, they strongly uh, pushed back on the leak. Um, I don't know that it matters deeply at this point, whether they did or they didn't. Uh, what I will say to Wick is don't use the word leak because leak is a damning word because that means it was leaked. You know, like someone, one of you put it out there on purpose. Just say, I don't know how the, how he got that information, but regardless, um, I, I think it's worth many- taking a minute on that, right? Because the unintended consequences and something we did hammer them for, right, yeah. is the fact that the, that directly led to the speculation about which female employee it was and the team's just kind of standing there in the wind for a day. And listen, I, I don't think a leak's always strategic, right? Maybe something like the Woj one is where, all right, we're getting ready to put out this suspension. We're not going to blow up the world with this pressure press release here out of the blue. Let's kind of prepare everybody a little bit through Woj. There's a violation, there's a penalty coming. And then of course, that third factor we talked about, it's going to be significant. We're laying down the law here. That's kind of an early way to get your messaging out. The there. problem, the problem, the problem isn't whether the Celtics leaked it, Bobby. The problem was the incomplete reporting allowed a narrative to kind of take control. The that- second one. The right. second one it was a disaster. So Woj is getting banged. Let's just talk about the reporting a little bit. I know the Celtics said they didn't leak it. I don't know whether they did or didn't. Again, it feels like it's something that would have come from the organization, but I don't know. You think they gave someone saying, could it have been Ime? You think they told Ime, we're probably going to bang you for a year before they did it? Like before they decided to, before they had that conversation? I don't know. That seems a little much, you know, like uh, I don't know what Ime gains by having it out there as well. Um, but the second report about the consensual changed everything. Um, and, uh, and, and that's and, where oh, there's a million where, different issues with that. And one. this is a problem because now it's and that's where. That's where everybody went. That's where Matt Barnes developed, formed his opinion. That's where I formed my first opinion. My first opinion was, okay, I get it. You're not supposed to date people in the workplace if you're a person of power. I get it. I've worked at large companies. I understand it. I've seen the rules in place. I get why it's problematic. I get it. I get it. But I, there's no way the Celtics would have fired Ime Udoka over a consensual relationship just because the rule book said it. And the Celtics have revealed as much by making it clear that they also didn't discipline the female involved in this or females. Only Udoka is disciplined. So therefore, simply dating was not 
the the rule that was broken here, not the thing that cost that that cost him. But when they said consensual relationship, they made it sound like he's getting suspended for dating someone in the organization. That's crazy. And, and that's where everything got everything got bananas off of that and, because and you that's know what I the, thought, that's John, where the I'm, takes exploded. I'm I'm not gonna sit here and be like, I knew, but you see that word consensual, and the first thing you think is who who is spinning with that is a spin word right like i i don't think anyone was under the impression that shams had the time i speculated that right away bobby i said yes. that's from that's from email you that's know because then you know, someone hate- benefits by having it out there I tweeted it. I said it on the show. I said, yeah. "Look, only one they that play that that word has changed the entire narrative and with and we don't know what it means and we don't know for sure that it was. And without that, it's a different story. And that that really and it makes sense that it's Ime or from Ime's camp because it paints him as less of a monster, or less of a villain, as less of a as less culpable, as more sympathetic. And he he and, would have more reason for that to be out there than the team would, right? There's course. a lot of reasons that the team wouldn't want the details of the violation out there. I mean, it wasn't in the ESPN report for a reason, right? And we know Woj is close to teams and all that. So that first report, I think, actually makes sense from a team perspective. And that's not necessarily a leak per se, right? Because a leak's like one staffer kind of putting it out there you know just someone going rogue possibly that sort of seems a little more strategic where it's kind of like an advance on what they were going to release anyway and i I know someone's saying here both um i didn't mean monster i I apologize matt i'm saying yeah bad choice of words but people are saying shams and woge yes shams first and woge piggyback but consensual was part of both reports um i think woge followed up with consensual after yeah after, after uh, Shams did, Shams absolutely, did, yeah. and so that's what it became uh, with, uh, you know, and and again, what we're learning is it might have been consensual at one point, but at some point it became um, problematic, uh, and that's what, what Shams kind of reported later. So uh, we're gonna dig into it a little bit more. Uh, we're gonna play a couple more clips from the thing and just kind of get your take. We're gonna talk about Brad. Um, you know, talk about, you know, I, you don't want to talk about. I don't think Brad cares how he comes off in this, but I will say Brad came off um, amazing in this press conference, both in terms of his raw emotion, never heard him swear, never expected we would ever hear him swear just to see how, how, yeah, this was a real moment and lit up. He was, it was real. You don't see that from Brad very often and how affected he was by this. So we'll play that soundbite in a little bit. Uh, and we're also going to talk about yet another devastating piece of news. That's, uh, Buffalo and the Celtics, uh, which just came in a, an hour or so ago. Um, but, uh, before that, we do want to tell you, what do we want to tell you about right here? We'll, we'll tell you about this one first. And, First nighttime, then morning. Uh, two of our sponsors, uh, Calm uh, and, uh, and uh, of course, uh, Athletic Greens. But first, we'll tell you about Calm. Um, you guys know about Calm. They've been with us all year. Um, it is number one mental wellness app. Gives you the tools to improve the way you feel. Um, it's amazing. I, I wish, you know, Jimmy, J- Jimmy might be the biggest advocate of all, but we all use it. Reduce stress and anxiety, guided meditations, improve focus, curated music tracks, rest and recharge with Calm's imaginative sleep stories. Guys, we used Calm to get us through the first 45 games of last season. If we've ever needed it, we need it now, right? Like we got it. 
we got to bring it down a little bit. How about okay? the Rob news coming right after? I, I just, I, I, I just want to cry. And then I watched Nadal and Federer cry, and then I actually cried. But yeah, <laughs> the um, but calm. We're, I mean, we need it right now. So, um, this is great stuff. Uh, it's designed to relax your body, uplift your mind. Everyone on the Garden Report uses it. Has been using it for an entire year. Um. Uh, Tremendous product, tremendous sponsor. Uh, we ask you very kindly to support our sponsors. If you're at all interested in this sort of thing, at least check it out. Go to the URL, com.com slash garden. It's an amazing discount. You don't get 40% off most things. 40% off a Com Premium subscription. New content is added every week, so you've always got stuff uh, to mess around with. You'll obviously have your favorites, but it's really great to have the new variety that comes in, which is terrific. 100, people million, 100 million people around the world use it, um, so you should use it too to take care of your mind, uh, ready to help you stress less, sleep more, live happier. Once again, exclusive, exclusive to the Garden Report here, 40% off a premium subscription. Go to com.com slash garden. That is com.com slash garden. There's a week off where it's hard to sleep. Unlimited access to Com's entire library. It is a really good deal. And if you do it, and the orders are rolling in, and that's great. And I'm sorry, we are back ordered, and I promise we're sending these out. You will get a phenomenal garden T-shirt if you screenshot your receipt. Uh, make sure you use the promo code. Screenshot your receipt. Uh, send me the receipt, your address, your shirt size. DM me on Twitter, and I will send you a phenomenal T-shirt. Good. Nothing, um, nothing phenomenal going on this week. Yeah, so Bobby, I know you had a lot of notes and you were there and obviously you wrote about it and everyone should check it out over at clnsmedia.com. Uh, Bobby Manning's take on the entire situation as well as um, you know all the reporting that's going to go into uh, covering this story over the next few days and weeks as we get more reaction and more details. And of course, um, into next week when the season really officially kicks off Media Day Monday, practice Tuesday, and we're off and running. Um, so here we go. Um, final reactions to the press conference here before we get into some on-the-court related news. There was a lot, right? Uh, I, I thought Brad's reaction and Wick's yep. reaction in particular to the notion that Brad might coach uh, in this situation was telling, right? Brad, no way. Wick, ah, we talked about it. <laughs> so Brad wants nothing to do with coaching this team. Wick looked like, seemed to think this might be a good idea. Possibly. You know, we're investing a lot of money in this team this Could year. Could save me a buck. Yeah. yeah. You know, I did save some money making you GM. Uh, no, I know. Uh, that was interesting. It was two two different people. If you could get what they were actually thinking when that came out, which was Brad was like, no effing way am I coaching again. And and and, and Wick was like, I kind of wanted him to. Uh, we did talk about Brad's reaction to the, um, to the rampant uh, speculation and uh, the women being dragged in to the uh uh to the thing and that was early in the press conference um the way he responded to it i want to play the soundbite for those of you who didn't hear it because like i said it's brad like you never really hear him ever i thought you know we have a lot of talented um women in our organization and i thought yesterday was really hard on them and i think that um You know, nobody can control Twitter speculation and rampant bullshit. But um, I do think that we, as an organization, um, have a responsibility to make sure we're 
there to support them now because um, a lot of people were dragged unfairly into that. And so um, I would just add that um, and, uh, and go from there. I know you'll probably have questions and comments, but I think that's important to address for them. So I'm not using names. <laughs> people have seen some of the internet speculation. You know that there's people who Brad um, is close with. You know that, that Brad has, obviously there's, you know, Brad is uh, someone who's coached and obviously now in the front office has a relationship with many people, uh, uh, you know, both in the front office and, you know, in the operations side and on the court and um, things like that. So uh, obviously he he's close to a lot of this and was clearly, I mean, I said, I didn't expect that at all um, for Brad and that emotion and that look that was on his face stayed the entire press conference. He looked just like I said, both uh, there's this combination of mad and sad the entire time. Yeah, it was a jarring moment for sure. And I think it showed uh, for him in particular, not only the hurt that this caused him and what we talked about that breach of trust, Steven's hired. Udoka and this falls on him in some way through that vetting process and he probably feels some level of responsibility for not only that but the fallout right what can we do here to stop this employees are probably coming to him saying why am I seeing my photo online you know like what what is going on here and people are probably begging for answers at a time where only a small, small group within the organization was privy to what was going on, I'd imagine, there through the meetings and the deliberations over what was going on. So that seemed genuine to me, right? I think that, it's genuine. It's genuine. It hurts. I think it hurts because, you know, it's under your watch. It's almost like Oh my God, I put my people in this bad position. And we know Brad, he says it all the time. It's the people first for him. That's always what he emphasized as coach and certainly as president of the organization. With Brad, you believe it. It's all about relationships. You're talking about him leaving the professional basketball team to go be with a former Butler teammate who was um, sick and terminal, um, you know, in their final days, just because that was what was important. Like he didn't even think twice about it. He's like, this is it's the people in my life and the people who I've helped and the connections that I've made that matter. So he was shook. Uh, you really know that Brad is about that. He's not. You know, whether you thought he was a great coach, whether you think he's a terrific GM, he is all about that. Um, and so he was definitely shook. And I think it's a good look. And as I said, is I don't think Brad's doing it to score points. But at a time where there's the entire organization, their handling of this event and whether or not they've gonna, they have cultural uh, problems uh, within the organization. And they've as a result of those cultural problems, it cost them, um, you know, obviously a head coach in a situation that they may or may not have handled as well as they'd liked. They could be alienating players based off decision. Um, the ripple effects are, are significant, but on top of that, there's a human toll, uh, which is clearly already taken. And the sad thing is, it's not going anywhere. Um, it's going to continue. And there, there's nothing you can, there's nothing they can do. They can't give details, but they can't stop it. And that's it. That's, that's the end of it. Um, they're stuck. It's going to continue. Are you kidding me? The entire internet's still going to light up over who was it? What was it? How many? What, what's the story? 
whether it's gossip or whether it's to be able to formulate an opinion, it's it's going to continue on. So it is tough. Yeah, and unfortunately, a lot of that's cultural. And you know, this was kicked around on ESPN too. There's such a fixation on who's the woman, what did she do, and there's so few women in sports that you're able to boil it down. <laughs> if this if this organization, and this isn't about the Celtics, this is any organization in sports. It's a male dominated industry. If the Celtics were 80% women staffers, you wouldn't be able to go, oh, it's her, oh, it's her. So, so that's another layer to this. There's only a few, so people are able to pick and choose them and roll with it. And that's what happened here online. And Brad's right. I don't know what you can necessarily do in that spot, but if this was a leak, that was an unintended consequence of it. And people were able to roll with that. And I could imagine... If someone did leak it, them not realizing that that's what the internet was going to go do after that and roll with that. So they're going to again. We'll never not, really know. We'll never really know on that leak thing. Like you, threw, you're just always guessing on that. I threw up Dirk's comment here. Uh, Dirk, one of our super loyal uh, uh, followers of the show here. Uh, we did touch upon this a little bit, Dirk, um, and I think it is uh, valuable. And it was one of the things that kind of allowed me to kind of reach my conclusion uh, before we had any details. And again, we don't have a ton. And among those are um, that um, the two things we absolutely know, the Celtics were so horrified by what they saw in the report that they acted swiftly and decisively to levy one of the most severe punishments ever. Um, the most severe punishment ever laid out to a coach or an executive for anything. Um, and it was a punishment, uh, you know, anyway, um, one and two, as you mentioned, statement Udoka did not, Udoka said, I accept the team's decision. Um, now what we don't know if that's a admission of guilt, uh, culpability, taking responsibility for his actions, recognizing that, it, that his actions were bad, um, uh, and, uh, and, and showing contrition over that, or part of it maybe having to do with, you know, a settlement that they might be working on and that it's don't fight it, you know, accept it, work this out. We'll get you some money. We'll get you out the door. We'll give you an opportunity to go get another job. This will all be over soon. That might be where they're headed with this because what does Udoka want to do? Twist in the wind, be suspended for a year and then get, you know, whatever, find out next year that he's not coming back or what this ends in termination, most likely or separation. And I think he may want to recoup some money. And then I think he may want his freedom to go look for another job. Cause he's, he's never going to sit on he, the sideline. He's never going to, he's never coaching here again. So. Yeah. And it's hard to imagine. And this got asked today, but it didn't get answered a situation where next year he walks back into this team and takes over again. Is, is there any chance of that? Here's where there's a chance. Um, I, here's, I think the players, there's a world in which the players welcome him back. There's a world in which the fans welcome him back. Um, you saw it happen with Alex Cora, and I'm not comparing cheating at baseball to, uh, to whatever it was he may did. And again, without details, you can't know. I think if the allegations, if the stuff that he did uh, was so bad um, that um, – you could never bring a person like that back into your organization, um, then no. And not only that, I think his coaching career is in jeopardy if the if the details come out and it's very, very, very bad. Um, but I just don't know how you do that culturally. If you have a problem here and, you, you know, 
I don't know how you do that to the women in the workplace. <laughs> if 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 the if the findings were significant, even if you're like, well, he spent a year and he's repented, and you know the player particularly if him. they're trying to address their own concerns internally, it's hard. It's hard. It's hard. You'd have yeah. to feel a, a bunch of things that he'd accepted it, changed, showed contrition, and that there was a level of understanding within the organization that you know he could be welcomed back, and it wouldn't be weird. Um, I don't. I think it's I think it's very unlikely. I, I, from moment one, as soon as one year suspension was put on the table, my immediate reaction is he's gone. So yeah. and this a, was characterized yeah. as a breach of trust, which is another hurdle that would have to be overcome in that case. Which brings us to the new coach. If Ime's, if they know Ime more likely than not is done here, when we talked about this last show, you want to move on to a more sustainable coaching situation than this interim one probably is here. Right. And this is no knock well, on Joe Missoula. You're not, you're giving him a chance to win it. So, All right. Uh, I guess, you know, so right now, Bobby, uh, this is just simply a case of it. It's continuity over, you know, going in there and mess, messing with everything. It's too late in the game to go find a real coach. I know I suggested maybe they do it. I would consider it and I would have considered it, um, if they thought they had a guy they would have loved in the process, someone who maybe they've already interviewed for the head coaching job who's available somewhere as an assistant um, that they would have liked almost as much as email. I don't know that that exists because a lot of the people who they did interview um, landed jobs elsewhere. But if there's a person that they love, maybe they bring him in. But I think they clearly opted for continuity. And so if they truly view Missoula as, a, as an up-and-comer, if this is the type of person that would have had a crack at head coaching vacancies next year, you give him a chance. He had one get, this year. The Jazz get, interviewed him. You get to next year, and if he earned it, you either hire him outright, which you could if it's in a slam dunk, or you give the appearance of, you know, keep making it fair and give him a chance to interview for the position, but you open it up to other candidates. But I think that's where this goes. I don't think they do it now. And by the way, our, our our guy here at the network, Jeff Goodman, <laughs> raved about Missoula, didn't he? So he likes the decision to go with him. He's known him for a long time. There were yep. questions about his past, and Stevens addressed them today. I thought it was a good question that came up because a lot of our chatters uh, yesterday had questions about that too, the 2009 arrest uh, for domestic battery in a bar. And that was worth looking into here, especially in the aftermath of – a coach going out in controversy, you're going to bring one in who has past questions. And Stevens not only addressed them pretty decisively today, but sort of put his own reputation on the line too. Like he told me he changed. I believe him. And that's on me. Like, I'll play it. I'll play it. Here's the, here's the, here's, yeah. here's Brad talking about Missoula. And again, for people who don't know when he was, was it West Virginia? Yep. There was an incident in a bar involving an assault. Um, and uh, that he was asked about that, and uh, and here's the answer. And then when we were considering hiring him as an assistant, I vetted that. Um, and the instance when he was in college, really thoroughly. Um, and and I will tell you this: um, I believe strongly in Joe's substantiveness as a person. I believe strongly, and he'll tell you, he's. He's been very open with me about how that that those moments impacted him as a as in, in every which way, and you can see it in the way he carries himself. Um, you could see that for a long time. We've had years to get to know him. He's been working with us for three years. 
Um, and, um, you know, you, you probably have seen articles that were written around that time that I'm sure that I read three years ago before I hired him as an assistant. Um, but I believe strongly that that probably shaped him into who he is today um, in a really, really good way. But, you know, he'll be the first to tell you he's 110% accountable for that. Um, and I'll be the first to tell you that I believe in him. It's decisive. It's definitive. Um, I don't know that people want to hear you're a better man for having done something like that. I'm not saying people don't deserve second chances. I'm my only thought on this is the optics had to have been considered, right? Um, you have, and that's what I find a little strange here is again, it perception matters, right? Like, I don't know how many people were aware that this was a situation with Joe Missoula in his past because you're not as concerned with, you're not as concerned with a, uh, you know, an assistant with a D two college background. You're just like, Oh, they got a zillion assistants here. Um, this but, is the face of the organization for at least a moment. Now you got the face of your organization, and if you did have a cultural problem and you got rid of somebody um, who ha you had questionable behavior towards women in the office and you replaced them with somebody who has a past, and again, I understand it's a long time ago, the optics of that, I, again, you think every person in the organization is going to wait and give a fair shake or they might just react, have a visceral reaction to this type, to, 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 to him being put into that place. It was interesting that the, the, that that you know, not surfaced, but again, a thing that wasn't very well known and very well publicized is now kind of uh, front and center uh, with with the new hire. Yeah, and we do this a lot. It, that, that was the whole story the last couple of days, right? Oh, we're talking about Ime. Why aren't we talking about Brett Favre? And why aren't we talking about Robert Sarver? And his was one year and his was one. Not every situation's the same. Ime got penalized for something he allegedly did within this organization this year. Does Missoula bear some responsibility for what he did? Of course. And it was 13 years ago. By all accounts, nothing's happened since. And it certainly didn't happen within this organization. So it's I don't think it's valid in terms of bringing him into the organization. But what you say there in terms of optics in a moment like this where you're trying to restore some, uh, some faith in the organization... It's potentially going from it's going risky. from one controversy to answering questions about this guy's controversy is kind of wacky. It's risky. Uh, it's it's uh, you know almost a little tone deaf. It's a little. Um, and again, like I'm not said, saying it's the wrong move. I don't know exactly. And again, we you know you have Brad who believes in him deeply, and uh, that endorsement I'm sure carries a lot of weight in those walls. Um, and. Uh, Missoula himself may have clearly, maybe did, well, people are aware, and they feel that whatever it was is so far in his past that it did in fact shape him and turn him into a better person. So yeah, all of these things are possible. I'm literally only talking about the, uh, I'm literally only talking about the optics uh, and it being a little bit curious. So um, that's interesting. I'm curious how much deeper it goes and whether that becomes problematic. Um, so Right. And somebody just mentioned here, uh, you know, Terry mentioned it, man, maybe it's the right coaching move. Um, is it the right cultural move? Again, I don't know because I don't know what the perception is of Joe Missoula in those walls. And if that's something that's really important to you, something that you feel is fractured right now, that certainly is something that I would think would be considered. 
Um, but and again, that's the most, you have that's to the think most, they felt okay about it, right? That's the most important thing on the coaching side because we have two situations here. We have a workplace one. We have a basketball one. We seem to think that the workplace issue was so bad that they took a hit on the basketball side, which for most teams is the most important thing, winning. They took that hit, and now they have to restore it. And that's what this hire is all about here. Sure, the optics of it at an organizational level matter, but like you said, the optics and how this looks to the team is going to be most important. And by all accounts, Tatum in particular really loves this guy. Stevens, of course, brought him in, thought highly of him, and saw what his coaching capability was. Stevens, his job is sort of attached to the success of the team, right? So Stevens, at least entering a very important year, felt good. And he endorsed him in a staggering way today, saying that Missoula, even compared to himself, and Brad's like this, right? He always kind of talks down his role on things, but is a million times better than me for this spot. There's there's no one better than Missoula for this spot. So not only did he endorse his character, he seems to really believe in this guy as a coach. And we don't know. The inexperience factor is one I'm thinking about a lot more here. But the buy-in factor for a team that is extraordinarily skilled, because we've seen a lot of first-time coaches with no experience take over around the league. And I hate to go here, but the foot on the line and Harden's hamstring and Kyrie's knee might have been what prevented Steve Nash, who we joke about every single day, from winning a championship in his first year. So Joe Mazzula has a stacked roster here. If he's able to get them to buy in, carry forward that message that Ime had, and just maintain some stability and trust, that's all he really needs to do, yeah, right? Joe, and, and Yes. Uh, so Joe Mazzula has a stacked but ever-dwindling roster. We're going to talk about that and the, the latest news involving the Celtics before we wrap the show. But first, I want to tell you about our other sponsor. Uh, and this is how we like to break it down, right? We talk about calm. That's what you take at night. And then in the morning, what do you do? You wake up and bang. You take down some, you take, you take out some athletic greens, right? The way you describe it, John, I can just see you like, boom, it boom. just goes right back. Drop it. Um, so again, it's our partner athletic greens. Okay. Um, and again, we've talked about this a lot. Um, and, and hopefully uh, by now, many of you, and I know actually many of you have, cause you guys have sent me uh, the proof. Uh, what is it? One delicious scoop of AG1. You're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins and minerals, whole food-sourced ingredients to help you start your day right. Um, We consume it. Why? It makes me feel better. Um, I bring it with me when I travel. I took it with me on vacation. I start my day with it. It's lifestyle-friendly. It's diet-friendly no matter what you're on. It has no sugar, supports mental clarity uh, and alertness, uh, helps uh, with sleep quality and recovery. supported by thousands of medical professionals, a zillion five-star reviews, um, uh, health experts, uh, uh, celebrities, athletes, what have you. So right now it's the time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. One scoop, one scoop and a cup of water, that's it. And again, to make it easy, we're going to give you a deal. Uh, if you go to athleticgreens.com slash garden, take ownership over your health, pick up your ultimate daily nutritional insurance by signing up now, we'll give you one year supply of uh, <laughs> immune supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Again, we're talking about $3 a day for your health. And if you are concerned with your health, you're probably spending more than 
that, kind of picking and chewing and trying to piecemeal it together. This is a one-stop shopping solution. It's great. And what do you get with, like with everything? Phenomenal. Phenomenal. You get a phenomenal t-shirt. So I wish there was something to say with phenomenal. I can't even think of one thing. Nothing is phenomenal but that t-shirt. So get it now because everything else is crap. Uh, but AG1 is great. The t-shirt is great. Send me your receipt. DM me, John underscore Zanis, and I will send you a t-shirt. Um, last thing we wanted to talk about, Bobby. Come on. What? What are Rob? we doing here? I mean, this is what bugged me. First of all, well, was it Devaney broke the story first? Yeah. On Rob? And then other people picked up on it. Sean Devaney gets the credit. He broke the story. Um, even though everyone picked up all of the other guys, uh, that Rob was having surgery. The initial timetable was four to six weeks. That wasn't in Devaney's story. That was in somebody else's story. No, that uh, was in Devaney's too. Oh, it was? A, yeah. So a uh, day later, he writes a story and say, actually, the team and no one really has confirmed four to six weeks. Um, so let's not necessarily cleave to that. And what do you know? Celtics later on this evening send out a, a, a – uh, uh, update about successful surgery, which means nothing. All successful surgery means you didn't die. So did they say successful? Everything is successful. Yeah. Successful surgery means it happened without complication, and the person or the patient is alive, and like they didn't have to. Cut the only right unsuccessful out. surgery was uh, who was the Chargers quarterback who Tyrod Taylor who got stabbed in the lungs. You know, um, <laughs> I hope they didn't put a, a successful so, surgery on their look, release. Four to six made people think. Okay, training camp preseason is back two weeks in. Okay, this isn't only 8 to 12. This is 8 to 12 to resume basketball activities. Uh-oh. That means, and, and we've seen this before. I'm not saying this will happen here. We've seen that before. What does basketball activities mean? It means endless reports of he started doing one-on-one -on -one work. Uh, he jogged a little today. Uh, oh, he did, he did two-on-two. Oh, a little three-on-three. Three. Hasn't yet progressed to five-on-five. Five. Oh, geez, not yet. We, we don't know when that's going to happen. Then that happens. Then eventually a game. You could so, be looking at... Dr. John, you normally you normally get some insight on the surgery. So what was the description here? They were cleaning out loose bodies? Yeah. yeah there's no question. No, uh, based on what the Celtics said, it, they didn't say there was anything like they had to redo, like trim a piece of the meniscus. Or maybe, you know, who knows... Um, or fix a ligament or something else that was damaged. That appears to not be the case. It was cleanup and, little, you know, drill lag, but you're back. I felt for that. Again, I got the Ethernet going, guys. Come on. Um, but the timetable is brutal. 8 to 12 to resume basketball activities. So I asked that. Is this normally a tough surgery to come back from? No, arthroscopic surgery can be used for everything. It's not yeah. one thing. Arthroscopic surgery is just it, it's a in place of incision. All it is is a different style. You do uh, a little, put a little camera in, and you use little teeny tools robotically that can do it. That just keeps you from having to slice open and do a big incision and 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 go in that way. It's just less invasive. That's basically it. But you're doing it for various different reasons. The scope uh, and oftentimes it is to go in and do cleanups and X Y Z. Eight to twelve. I didn't see that coming. Uh, I mean, I at all. Uh, and again, everyone will say he came back too early. He did. He did. He did. He did. 
I don't know whether it is. I'm just dealing with the here and the now. And the here and the now is you're very likely without Rob until 2023 and possibly well into 2023. Want to be optimistic and say he resumes basketball activities in eight weeks? That's still, again, two months, October, all of November, and he starts to ramp up in December to maybe return a few weeks after that. You're still talking pretty close to the end of the year. So I do not expect to see Robert Williams in a Celtics uniform on the court in 2022. And now you're talking 2025. The whole season? 22, the, the oh, okay. year of our Lord, 2022. <laughs> okay. Uh, I, I'm I'm saying the actual new year in January. But so 12 weeks. 2025, 20, 30 games, right? Yeah, 12 weeks brings you to 30 games and December 16th. So it's feasible right around the new year on the long end of things he could return. But there's no reason to rush it. We've seen Rob have trouble coming back from injuries before. Uh, There's certainly the shape dynamic, too. He's not going to be on his feet much, I'd imagine, coming back from knee surgery. And I'm just reading this release again here. So loose bodies... We knew that this had to be a little bit of a cleanup, but also to address swelling in the left knee. So swelling, pain, that restricted movement that we heard about throughout the playoff run there, that continued to be an issue, you would imagine, throughout the summer. So this goes back to what we talked about when this surgery first got announced. He wasn't able to do anything this summer. And I, I of course, have been told there was a small left uh, small tear in that knee so maybe that's what the swelling was caused by another small tear in here perhaps another uh, damage to the meniscus here I don't have that exactly but um, this is a real setback for Rob not only because he's going to miss a ton of time as, here as, but as, as Big Kess says come on come on, on. <laughs> we got to do a spaces uh, I know I know we got a I lot mean, to say we can and should have uh, do a spaces, yeah. And sorry, guys, we've been we've been lax on that. We had such we had a boring last month of the off season, and then all this stuff to talk about. We'll, we'll definitely do something to get your take. As on long it, as it's not email conspiracy hour, right? Everybody. I mean, scary. look, it could be, but I don't want. Like I said, there's yeah. certain things I don't want to listen to, like 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 names and theories. I'm seeing on, in the chat, I'll, I'll show here, but I anyway, get back, it. Back to Rob. Yeah. Yep. We all had hopes, and you know, Ime had a hope. He, this was the guy that he singled out just to kind of loop everything together here, this whole disastrous offseason. They really had a lot of hope that after 30 minutes per game last year, moving into a starting role, becoming a defensive player of the year contender, and really when you look back on the impact he had on this team, he might have had the best case to win defensive player of the year. Can he take another step? play a little bit more, ease Horford's role. You'd have to imagine that that's what they expect. It's another lost season. It's a lost yeah. season for Rob's development, not for the him. He, yep. Can he come back and be effective? Yes. It's another lost season. It'll be season the same Rob. Of Rob he comes back. Yeah. At best, at best, mm-hmm. at best, because you're talking about any training is gone, any ability to like work on things, refine your game, get your body right. It's gone. It's gone. You're just trying to get back into playing shape at this point. But any improvements are gone. You cannot make a leap as a basketball player year over year because you had no time to spend on your body and on your game. You know, everyone likes to use the expression, <laughs> get in the lab this offseason. He can't. He couldn't. He sat around for a week, for a month and a half. And again, I don't know whether the team wanted him to or he decided to do it unilaterally. It's another thing I'm kind of 
annoyed about and you know we'll see and maybe that comes out a little bit and um after this email stuff in media day but then he starts playing for a week or two and it hurts and he's oh, i can't do it anymore that sucks it's brutal and you think of the way he raises this team ceiling when he That's is it. out there yeah 10 points per 100 possessions better with him on the floor versus off and the 24 points per possession that they were better than everyone they played when they had their starting five of Rob Smart, Tatum Brown, and Horford. It just gave you that extra edge on everyone else that no one could compete with. We saw them blast the Warriors, and I know Curry got hurt in that game, but uh, you know they just were tearing through everybody. Memphis, when they were at their best, and just all these different teams that they tore apart during that 22 or 25 stretch there. This makes you wonder if this group's ever going to be able to get back to that level, or is each passing season with this core going to be, if Rob's healthy, they'll win it. That's what if I he's said. Not, I, they're screwed. I hate playing that game, but you're, I mean, that's the that's the honest. That's look. I mean, certainly, if Rob was healthy all year and you lost Tatum or Brown, you're in worse shape. But you're you're counting on Tatum Brown Smart as givens. You know, and Al Horford has been pretty freaking dependable. So the only wild card who you're talking about. Uh, is he going to be there as Rob? And the difference, as you said, with him on and off is on, just on another level. I mean, and again, certainly someone like Tatum, you know, he goes down, you're done. Uh, but I mean, Rob is the difference between them being a very good team and a team that has a legitimate chance to win a title um, when he's right. And, and I was and, curious, the smart Brown Tatum. And not only Brown. that, Bobby, the, the Rob we haven't seen yet that we're wondering if he exists if he's ever given the chance to have a healthy offseason and take an actual leap in terms of his conditioning in his game could take him to heights we've not even imagined possible yeah. that's the thing is it's so tantalizing because you're like this guy barely even knows like which basket he's shooting at something like and he's still this insanely impactful player his smarts uh, are, are, I mean, I, and I don't mean to drag his, his, his intelligence. He's an extremely high IQ basketball player. And when he's focused, uh, he is, he's just got something about him. In addition to the freakish athleticism, he's different. He's a different dude. Yeah. And I remember talking to the people close to him last spring when you know, I was doing a story on his comeback from the injury and, you know, even they admit he's just, he's not there offensively right now. Like he's not commanding that role the skills aren't quite developed enough on that end. Like we know we got to get back out there this summer and really start to hone his offensive game. And that's what we want to see. And that's what certainly the, the people around him want to see as well. And it just seems because of the health there that they were incapable of it. Now pushing through coming back early. I know everybody's going to go, Oh, did they, did they push him too hard? Through I reporting, this was his call to come back through three weeks his agent, his his people around him were saying, you know, Rob, we're up 2-0 in this net series. Uh, maybe we should wait another game or two here. And he was adamant. You know, Ime challenged him to play through some pain, to be available. And he really took that, you know, personally and responded and got back in the game for them. And he suffered that bone bruise against the Bucks and still gutted through pain and really made a big impact in the finals despite being so limited. So I, I'm not ruling Rob out yet. I know every time it gets hurt, we, our eyes roll in the back of our head and we're like, this guy. But 
I feel like he still showed real well, growth you, last year. He did. You want and, to believe. You want to yeah. believe. But all the signs are pointing to like it's going to be like this forever. And at some but that's point, his body. I don't think it's him. I know, but that's the thing is like at some point you're worried, like not only is he gonna be like this forever, but one of these things is gonna be the tipping point that's gonna put him in a in in that's gonna change his trajectory. Um, and instead of it being what can Rob become, you're gonna say, like, can we get 80% of what we had last year? Can we get 70% until he's just done? He's damaged goods and he's barely effective anymore. And that's my fear is one of these one of these surgeries, he's gonna come back and be like, That's not the same guy. Like, oh, no, he's broke. You know, we broke him for good. And and, and that's that's the reality I, I'm struggling with. Yeah, and he's part of this core now. You need him. And the players know it, too. How many times did we hear Tatum and Brown say, we need this guy? We tell him yep. all the time, you're crucial. If we're going somewhere, we need Rob. And you saw the impact he made. Go back and watch those finals highlights. There's a million plays where the Warriors scored where they were just kind of scrambling for the rebound after he was in the play and forced them to miss so badly (laughs) that they had to chase it down and get a putback. And that was on some good plays for the Warriors. There were a bunch of other ones where he was able to stop the Warriors. And what was the, I think the final number was they were plus 34 in the finals with Rob on the floor or or something to that effect. They were a big, big plus. So they dominated when he was available, even in the series that they lost. Yep. And now He's not available to start this year. And what does that mean for Al, uh, who took on a bigger burden last year and now with no proven backup on the roster, is going to have to play 35-plus minutes a night, exactly what they didn't want from him this season. Yep. And, and then you know you have Grant, who we talked about throughout last year, didn't thrive as a starter. I actually just looked at the lineup with Grant in for Rob, minus 14 for 100 that yeah. starting unit with Grant and Rob's place. So I'd imagine Brogdon's going to start. I think that makes a lot more we sense. We have to accept that Grant is a situational player and it doesn't work yeah. in all in all situations. And again, that's why he's a bench And he's kind of your backup big now, right? Which isn't great either because part of his success last year was moving to the perimeter and guarding the KDs and the Giannis's and these guys who are facing him you up honestly down the celtics actually and you want to talk about strategy going forward everyone's saying okay the celtics need to uh uh need to embrace the death lineup you know one of those kind of death lineups that have no center like none and i'm talking like tatum at the center you know tatum brown and three guards and 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 didn't they try at, that under steve i so. know but just do it and learn to lo- learn to make it work because you have switchable position, you know, everybody on the court is switchable. You've got big guards and you've got to try the white Brogdon Tatum. T- you know, you've got to try it because they tried have- it with Gordon Hayward. Well, why try, why try Tatum, Brogdon, Derek White and Cornette? Why try it? Like, yes. Will you need to play Cornette eight, 10 minutes a night while Rob has gone? Sure. But what hey, you need to- people calling Cornette joking that you come on. Listen, turn Turn it, turn a disadvantage into an advantage. Okay, they're big. Make them slow. Okay, the, it's the whole Sun Tzu stuff. You know, just like don't try to play the game everyone else plays with inferior players at those positions. Embrace what you have, which is play positionless basketball. You have. you have to do it. You know, you have, have to, to, use, to do it. 
You have to utilize what you have at this point. You don't have the personnel to go double big where it gets you an advantage. Don't do it. Don't, don't do it. Don't don't find yourself in positions where Horford's got to sit and you're playing Grant at the center with 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 bench pieces. You're going to get run off the court for those times. Embrace small ball lineups and play athletic and play fast. Try it. Can the team you know? transition at that point though? They have time here, right? It might come at the cost of losing some games early in the season, but stylistically, you're right. The personnel they have are going to force them to change the way they play a little bit. But the question is, how much does the regular season ultimately matter for this group? Can they get by to where Rob comes back and they can regain that identity that they had last year? If Missoula is going to coach this the same way Ime did, and organizationally, I'm sure these are conversations that happen as well. Like, what kind of team do we want to be? I'm sure that'll be a question more than ever now that Emei's out of the picture. They're going to have to make the call. Do we continue down the Emei route, which was proven to work? Big, versatile, Brown at the two, Tatum at the three, double big. Just, that worked. I know you don't love it, John, but that I know, but just the NBA it's finals. fine. It's fine, but you're trying to do two things. It brought it did one thing for you, but it also slows down your offense to a crawl, and you pay with you play with a really slow pace, and it makes it harder for your team to score. So I want to see some pace on this team, and sometimes you might have to force the issue, which is let's put a bunch of fast people out there and say run, man, and just try it. You know, as I said, is you're not going to replicate what it is you're missing with Rob. So try something. It's different. all about how big of an impact Rob makes right can brogdon be gordon hayward because hayward allowed you to play that way right three wings quicker more versatile yep. on the perimeter brogdon's gonna have to be reliable for this team this year and that's another question he hasn't played uh whatever 60 plus games since 2019 so this is another guy that you're probably penciling right. in to miss some games here and you don't have wing depth you don't have reliable big depth Yep. You have a little bit of guard depth here, and that's where we kick around. Do you have to make yeah. a trade at this point? And and people and so here's my take. And yeah, maybe you need a body, but like by trade, I mean what? What's the difference between trading for somebody right now or signing somebody off the scrap heap or a bunch of 10-day contract guys? You're talking warm bodies that are just going to fill a roster spot and it's a break glass in case of emergency. Nobody you're bringing in at this point makes an impact for you. They don't. So the reality is everyone's asking, what do we do? What you do is you just hold the line. You just treat it like an injury in the middle of the season, and you just you. What do you do? There's what only one problem with that, though, is you're overexerting Horford. Yes, you are, but you just don't care about it. You recognize that we might fall to the sixth seed or something like that, and so what? If we hit the ground, if we've got all of our guys cooking and we're ready to go and we're peaking in March and April with everybody fully healthy, uh, great, done. We're, we're fine with that. We'll play whomever, wherever. That's all you can do at this point. You just don't worry about being the top seed in the East, the top two seed. You just play. Uh, and and think, whatever happens, happens. And that's what they're going to do, I think. That reporting's yeah. out there. You know, I think that's their mindset right now is let's see what we have. They really like, and I know we roll our eyes when we hear it, and we're going to see it, and it's going to be tested. They like Sam Hauser and Luke Cornett. They do. So let's see what they can do. Let's just see it. Give them a chance. How many times, John, when Romeo and Neesmith and these guys are Pritchard, you scream, play the kids, see what they have. And these aren't necessarily kids or great prospects, but these are guys who thrived in Maine and were blocked by other players last year. Yep. So let's see it. 
That's Let's gonna it's gonna be we'll one of see. the things I have my eye on. We will see. Um, anyway, I wish we had more good news. We don't, but we're back. Um, you know, uh, certainly we're always available here at the Garden Report. If there's breaking news, um, you can count on us to uh, jump on here and, and talk to you. You can find out whether or not we're going live by following us on Twitter um, at John underscore Zanis at real Bob Manning or follow Celtic CLNS on Twitter. We'll always put out notifications when there's a show. Simplest thing you can do is subscribe to our YouTube, YouTube channels, hit that little bell and, uh, and, uh, and uh, turn on your notifications. And the podcast version too. And, yeah, turn on your notifications and ding, there you go. Uh, what I do want to tell people, and this one's actually super important, okay? Maybe I should have said it earlier, uh, but we talked about our the supporting our sponsors. One thing you really do, um, for one, we love watching the video. Uh, we love having you here live in the chat. Some people obviously pick it up after um, and watch the video as well, but you can also grab the audio version. Um, so please check it out uh, at the Garden. There's a little barcode there, but check out the audio version of the Garden Report. Um, oh, nicely done. Very cool. One thing I'll ask, this is my, this is my, this is my nice ask. This is my, you know, please help us out. Um, because the Garden Report is such a prominent video show over these years, uh, I'm not going to say we've neglected the audio, but we rely on the audio a little bit less than we used to uh, because obviously we're here and we're doing these live shows with you all the time. But one thing we could really use is some ref- uh, some fresh ratings and reviews on our Garden Report audio podcast uh, because most of the ratings and reviews are extremely old from when the show had a complete was a completely different show. Um, and I'd really like to boost those ratings and reviews. So I'll ask you guys if you're fans of our show, um, you know whether you listen to the audio version or not, if you could jump on here and leave us a good rating or review on Apple uh, Podcasts here. Um, of of uh, of the uh, of the Garden Report podcast, uh, we would greatly appreciate that. And also, if you're just on the go and you can't watch video or you're driving, you can always pick up this show on audio version. It's the same exact thing, and just listen to what we have to say, and uh, that's cool too. So it's an option for you if you don't have an opportunity to watch all the video. But we could really use ratings and reviews. So I ask kindly if you can, uh, please do so. Yeah, I love when I'm not on the show. I always listen to the podcast version driving around after yeah. the next day. So it's great, great, uh, great thing to have. Yeah, yeah. So thank you again, guys. Um, and oh, there's a couple of people who say they listen to the pod. For those of you that do, awesome. We would love uh, fresh ratings and reviews. I really would appreciate that. I never ask for that sort of stuff, but it really uh, does help us. Um, so that would be great if you do, especially if you are listening to it already. One more shout out to our sponsors, Athletic Greens. Um, go to athleticgreens.com slash guard, free one-year supply of vitamin D, five free travel packs. It's a one-and-done, all-in-one supplement with 75 vitamins and minerals, one scoop in the morning in a cup of water, and you are done, and you are on the road to better health. And, of course, Calm, the number one health and wellness app, uh, great for sleep, um, great for relaxation, meditation, get your mind and go to calm.com slash garden. Receive a 40% home premium subscription. If you subscribe to either of these, uh, if you purchase either of these products using our promo code and send me a receipt, I will send you a phenomenal T-shirt. And again, as I said, there's not a lot of phenomenal things going on with the Celtics right now except for this T-shirt. So please come get some, um, and uh, we'll be happy to send those out to you uh, right away. For those asking where they are, they're coming. I'm sorry. They are coming. It's not an empty promise. um, but they will be coming soon. So again, thank you guys for all of that stuff. Uh, we're hey, back on one, Monday. One good yeah. thing happened this week. What was Tatum in the ESPN ranking? Seven? Six, seven. Six, yeah. seven-ish? No, LeBron was six. Yeah, Tatum was seven. That's something. 
Yeah. You still have Tatum and Brown for now. Make the most of the season if you can. I know, but you just hate the idea of wasting them. So again, um, but you're right. Uh, again, we are hoping for better news and better vibes and better everything as we go. I will reminder to everybody at home who's just really bummed out about what's going on. Just remember, we suffered through 45 games of what we suffered through last year before things finally turned around. And we thought there was no hope it would ever turn around. <laughs> we were in, yeah. I was in MSG saying, this is over, tear it down. And then they win the NBA finals. So you never know. Yeah, audio version is on Spotify and everywhere you do get podcasts uh, for people asking here. Uh, again, thank you guys. Uh, we did plan on doing a ratings show with that ESPN list. It's always fun. Maybe when things cool down, we'll break down some of that. But we have a ton of reporting coming up um, on uh, Monday with Media Day. So you're going to want to follow all CLS Media properties because we're going to have a ton of content coming out. Um, so please do that. Eastern. 12 o'clock Eastern, we'll be there. Um, thanks again, guys. We will see you next time, hopefully, with uh, some better news to